turn to James chapter 5. We're finishing our series today. Uh, but before we finish it, we're going to hear another soap reading. And uh, I hope that you follow these. Somebody Facebooked me yesterday, such an encouraging message on uh, how they have been challenged uh, to participate with us and read through the book of James in this way and how meaningful their reading had been this week. Um, I, I wanted to give you a little explanation as we finish our series today. Uh, we've been having someone come and read their soap reading. Uh, and you can see the outline uh, behind me. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And, and the reason that we've been doing that is because our lives are impacted and changed when we process Scripture. When we, when we not just read it and walk away like James says, look in a mirror and then forget what our image was like, but we actually engage in it. Uh, I have to confess, us pastors who speak regularly have an advantage because we're constantly coming back to God's Word and we're reading it and we're challenged by it and we're trying to figure out what am I going to say when I speak? What does this passage really mean? What did it mean to the people who first heard it? Uh, what am I going to do with it? How would I explain this? Uh, how would I illustrate this? How could somebody else apply it to their life? And so the entire process of sermon preparation is challenging and transformational engaging to us who speak. But in a, in a, small, a smaller sense, that's what soap is. You're like writing a mini-sermon. You're not just reading the Bible, you're reading it, and then you're thinking about what did I see in there, and then you're trying to figure out, now how, what does God really expect me to do with this? How would that look in my life? How would I apply that? You know, what could I do? What, is, what does God really expect of me? And then, and then that scripture, as it works itself in your life, sort of emerges into a prayer. It causes you to say, man... I need God more than I thought I did before I read this. Or I need God's help here. Or if I'm going to do what I'm reading in here, man, I've got to have the Holy Spirit walking with me. And so that's why we've been encouraging you all summer and have at other occasions to, uh, to read the Bible in this way. It's not the only way. It's not the perfect way. You know, it's not God's way. It's a way. But it does engage you in the process of wrestling with Scripture. Remember when Jacob wrestled with an angel and he walked away with a limp? It, it, it engages you in that. So, uh, Lena is here, and I'm going to ask her this morning if she will come and read her uh, soap from James chapter 5 this week. And uh, you'll again get to hear someone else uh, process Scripture. So, the Scripture I chose was James uh, 5.16. In this verse... Um, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as, as it is working. When I read this verse, the words confess, pray, healed, righteous, and power stand out to me. Confession plus prayer equals healing. Righteousness plus prayer equals power. And confession plus prayer equals power. Our sin doesn't rob us of the privilege of prayer, nor does it cause us to lose our righteousness. We are already righteous through Christ regardless of our sin. So we know that our prayers do not go unheard just because we mess up. This verse reminds me of how important it is to confess our sins to one another. The healing doesn't only come from prayer, but also by confession. How healing it is to confess our, um, our sins to one another. 
I know that, um, that there is incredible power in prayer, the prayer of faith. It is by faith that we have gained access to Jesus Christ and in his grace by which we stand now. This, uh, that allows us to come boldly to the throne with all of our needs and the needs of others, knowing that by our faith he will meet them according to his will. My application was, I never want to forget how important it is to confess um, to my brothers and sisters, um, no matter how ugly the sin might be. I will do my best to always be ready to listen to others' confession with an open heart and open mind and cheerfully offer intercessory prayer, knowing that by faith that my righteousness has given me the power and to do my best to daily walk in that. My prayer was, Lord, thank you so much for my fellow brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that it was your intention that we should enjoy divine and sweet connection with you and with others. Prepare us for those divine moments with one another that we boldly confess, share, pray, and ultimately grow and heal. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your sacrifice and righteousness we have in your sight. Help us to always remember how much you truly love us and how ready you are to come running to us whenever we cry out for help. We thank you for all that you are, Lord, and all that we have in you. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you so much. Give her a big hand. Awesome. Man, can you just hear in those words the, um, the wrestling that she had to do with that scripture that was so much more profound than it would have been if someone had just read those words to her? Uh, so I'll encourage you to continue to read uh, in this way. It's a really powerful way to read the Bible. All right, we're ending our series today. We've called All In. And we've just said that although you won't find these words in the book of James, all in, you will find the concept that James continues to share with this scattered group of Jewish Christians that even though they're in the middle of hard times, they should go all in with God. And we've talked about what that means. We've talked about trials and temptation. We talked about hearing and doing. We talked about why God hates favoritism. We talked about living faith and dead faith and the power of the tongue, true wisdom and false wisdom. We talked about submitting to God, and we talked about uh, last week, uh, Pastor Joel, how God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, and there's a context there in the early part of James 5 that you see that. So today I want to focus on the last few verses of the book of James. If you have something to write with, you might want to take it out and jot a few thoughts that stick out to you. Uh, today we're talking about the prayer of faith. So this morning I was, I was thinking, you know, there are different ways to listen. And if I could ask you to listen a certain way today, uh, let me tell you how, how not to listen. How many of you have ever been to like Disney World or, you know, Six Flags or Bush Gardens or some park like that, and you've been to one of those bird shows? How, how many of you, you know what I'm talking about? One of those live animal, yes, you've been to a live animal show? And, and, you know, and you know, you're sitting there, and it's this long thing about how you, know, you wait to get in. It's this long thing about uh, somebody who cares a lot more about the birds than you do. And they're talking about all this information about the birds. And you're like, man, I just want to see one of them fly over. You know, do something cool. You know what I'm saying? You, you're kind of zoned out. What, what is that? What did he say? And like if you listen a little bit, you know, you might smile, you might hear a little factoid that you didn't know about the birds, and 
You probably won't remember it by the time you get to the car, but it was cool right then, and it kind of kept you locked in, and the bird might do a little trick or one fly over your head from the back, and ooh, ah, and everybody smiles. But then, then you sort of walk away. That, that's listening like a, uh, let me use the word James would use in this letter. That's listening like a hearer. I want to I ask you to listen like a doer. And let me describe how that's different. This week I took my youngest son uh, on a jet ski tour. And I'd never ridden a jet ski in my life, and he had never ridden a jet ski in his life. But the guy who really didn't care too much if we got the instructions. You ever, you ever hear the, the guy on TV after they give you some medicine and then all the disclaimers about how it's going to kill you and blow your head off and you'll grow you know, four horns and if that happens and we're not liable and all that? The, the guy was kind of like about 19 or 20, and he was a surfer, and he loved living where he was living. And he's just kind of like, hey, man, this is cool, and, you know, it's really fun to go 50 or 60 miles an hour in open water. Don't worry about it. If anything goes wrong, you just kind of sit there and wait, and the tour will go on. About 30 minutes later, the tour got to come back and get you. And I'm thinking, and, th- and this is the kill switch. And if he, you flip off and go into the water, this will pull off, and the engine will turn off so it won't suck you up inside the jet ski. And this is how you turn, and you got to go faster to turn, not slower to turn either. And I'm just telling you, he gave me 10 minutes of that stuff, and I'm locked in like this. So I'm asking questions. Hey, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? Where do we put our stuff? How do we crank it? How do we turn it on? How do we turn? You know why? I was about to do it. About a mile from land, 27-mile-long ride, 50 to 60 miles an hour in the open water where Jaws and Shamu live. And I'm just going to tell you, I wasn't listening like I was at a bird show. Oh, look at the bird. I was just like, when I got off that thing, you remember Gideon when they tried to pry the sword out of his hand when he was dead? That's That's how my hands were locked on that thing. The only way I'm coming off is it flips over. So... If I could describe for you the difference in listening as a hearer and a doer. A doer would be like that. So this morning as I share some thoughts with you about prayer, I'd like you to try to listen like you're about to pray. Because we're about to pray. I'd like you to listen like you're about to do this. You're about to try this. You're about to reach out in faith and trust and believe God that He's going to do something in your life or somebody's life around yours. Like this isn't just a, you know, maybe he'll tell a cool story and a bird will fly over. Ooh, did you hear that? That was cool. But you're about to engage God with the body of Christ in prayer. And so in a few minutes, I'm going to ask everybody to stand and we'll invite you to come and pray. Pray for needs and believe that God's going to meet them. So if you could sort of put that, that thought in your mind as we as we hear God's word this morning. James chapter 5, 13 through 20, is the last, or the last few verses of this chapter. What I'd like you to do is follow along with me as I read it, and I want you to notice specifically every time you see the word prayer. Pray or prayer. Okay, every time you see it. Is any, is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church, here it is, to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. 
Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Here it is again. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed. And the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wonder from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. In the first section of chapter 5, James mentions seven times patience or waiting or perseverance. In this section of James chapter 5, he mentions prayer seven times. So there is a time to wait and there is a time to pray. There's a time to stand and a time to persevere and a time to pray. Today is the time to pray. So for, for anyone, if you've ever had this thought, I've had this thought. For anyone who ever said they wish that God would just give clarity. I wish God would just tell me what I needed to do. I wish God would just make it clear what I'm supposed to do. Well, here it is. It doesn't get much clearer than this. You in trouble? Pray. You sick? Pray. Having an issue? Pray. Seven times we hear prayer. Now this letter is written to people facing a lot of trials, a lot of suffering, a lot of poverty and sickness. So this letter comes back full circle. If you can remember, if you were here nine weeks ago when we started this series, we started in James chapter 1. And let me read for you James chapter 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So now we've come full circle from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. And here James is again saying to us, is any among you have trouble? Still dealing with those trials? Yes, count trials as joy, but it's not the only thing you can do about it. You can also pray. Is any among you sick? Pray. So this morning I just want to share with you four kinds of prayer that I see uh, in, in the end of this chapter. Here's the first one. The first one is your prayer. Your prayer. Now, what I mean by your prayer is your prayer. <laughs> if I was talking to me, that'd be my prayer. Your prayer. Verse 13 says, Is any, any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing. Now, the Greek word here for trouble means trials of all kinds. It's a very generic and broad word. Oppression, illness, the, the grieving of the death of a family member, weaknesses, financial need, persecution. What's the answer to trouble? Prayer. Now, when he said prayer, he used the most common word in the entire New Testament for prayer. It's used 80 times in the New Testament. So what is he saying here? There's not a specific direction on what kind of prayer that ought to be. What kind of prayer should it be? Yes. The answer is yes. Any kind of prayer will work. Just pray. There's not a formula. There's not a special prayer. There's not a, a potion. There's not any magic. There's not any pixie dust. There's not any thing that you ought to do. When you're in trouble, pray. Any prayer works. Pray. Turn to God. Find God. He's not setting hoops for you to jump through. He's not making this complicated. He's not giving you a big list of conditions to meet. 
You're in trouble? Pray. What if you don't have trouble? What if you're happy? Then sing and worship. When you're in trouble, come to God and pray. When there is no trouble, come to God and praise. See, God's not just there to turn to when trouble comes. Neither is He just a God of blessing. He's the God of all times. So what's the point? The point is there's not a time when God is not inviting you to Himself. We are tempted in trouble to get discouraged and quit and give up and not come to God. When we are happy and things are going well, we are tempted to live independent of God and think that we've somehow caused this bliss or happiness or condition that we live in, this contentment that we have. We are tempted to live independent of God and forget about Him. And God is saying to us here, whether you are in trouble or you are not in trouble, whether you're having a hard time or you're having a happy time, come to me. Come to me in prayer or come to me in praise. Come to me. God invites us to Him all the time. The invitation is always on the table. The most important prayer in this room this morning is yours. It's not mine. It's not a special person that's going to come in. We're not going to fly in a healing evangelist from somewhere else in the world. Not going to fly in somebody that runs crusades and Uh, South America or Africa or Asia. We're not going to fly in somebody who's seen 31,000 healings and miracles all over the world. The most important person's prayer in the room this morning is yours because no one can do your relationship with God for you. Jesus didn't die so that you could hunt down somebody else on earth to find God. Jesus died so he could tear the veil from top to bottom that separated man from God and make open access for you and I. So any prayer works, just stumble your way on into the Holy Holies this morning and show up. So in a few minutes we're going to pray. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Turn to God. So I'm going to provide, we'll have our prayer team here, but I'm going to ask that we leave sort of the corners open. And if you want to come and have someone pray for you, we'll do that. But if you're somewhere inside this scripture that says you have trouble and you want to find a corner in the room somewhere by yourself, and you want to do what James 5 says, I'm in trouble and I just need to meet God myself. You can do that. Neither neither's better than the other. You follow the prompting that's in your heart to do. Maybe you're here this morning and you're happy and content. Can I just say this to you? Please don't. We're all going to stand. We're all going to pray here. Some going to pray on the side. And you are going to be tempted to say, this service is over and it's not relevant to me anymore. I got things to do and I'm going to leave. I'm going to slip out already while everybody's singing. And can I say this to you? Don't do that. If you're content and you're happy and you're not in trouble, turn your eyes to Jesus. And stand and sing and praise and worship. His invitation is as much for you as it is for anybody else in the room. God's not a bailout. He's not just here for when, when, when you're in trouble. God's here for relationship.
through all the good times and all the bad times. So here's the second prayer that I see. Healing prayer. Verse 14 says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Now, there's no doubt. I've studied as much as I can in this uh, phrase. There's no doubt about it. This passage refers to physical sickness. It's not talking about, I'm not saying it doesn't apply to spiritual weakness or spiritual sickness or, or whatever, but, but it has to do with physical illness and physical sickness. So the calling for the elders of the church implies this was a, def, a desperate situation. But the practice of praying for people who are sick was very common in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, so what is this call for the elders of the church and anoint them with oil? What is this thing about anointing them with oil? What does that mean? Well, it doesn't seem like it was very common, a very common practice because we only read it here and in one other place in the entire New Testament. In Mark uh, 6, 13, when Jesus sent his disciples out, uh, the twelve... It says they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. That's the only two occasions that we find in the life of the apostles, disciples, New Testament church, or as the church spread across the world, these are the only two places that we find it. Now, what does it mean? Well, we could talk a long, long time about all the things that it could mean. Let me tell you, as I've studied, what I I think the best understanding of it is. I think the best understanding, if you're familiar with the other times in the Bible when someone was anointed. All right, so think about, if you're familiar with the Old Testament at all, think about when God would call someone. So he called a prophet to go and anoint David, king of Israel, right? So anointing meant that a person was set aside for a special purpose. So uh, the prophet of God is sent to David... He finds this little shepherd boy. uh, But God had picked him to be the king. So the prophet shows up and he uh, finds David and he basically says, Hey, God has picked you to be the king, so I'm going to anoint you. So when he anoints him with oil, that's, that's a way, a symbol to mark that person and say, This person has been set aside to serve as king, to serve for a special purpose. The same thing you see with Aaron And his sons, they were anointed to be priests. So they were anointed with oil and set aside that they might serve God in that way. So I think the best understanding, if you look through how how anointing with oil was used through the entire Bible, is that this is a time uh, to anoint those who are sick, to set them apart for special prayer. To set them apart for God's special attention in prayer. So we anoint with oil to say, look, this is a situation that only God can cure. This is a moment that we need God's help and we are setting, we are anointing this person and we are setting them aside for, for special prayer and special attention in prayer. So if you're sick this morning and you come to prayer, uh, we're going to offer to anoint you with oil. And, and you can accept that or not, it does, it, it's okay. If you're not comfortable with that, but if you'd like to be anointed with oil, we'll offer that to you. Now, what that means is a little bit of olive oil, 
Uh, that was the common oil used in Scripture. Just touched on the forehead. Now, here's what I want you to receive in that moment. When you smell the oil and you feel the moisture of it on your skin, I, I would like for you to interpret that as a symbol that God loves you very much, that His anointing has been placed on you by the body of Christ, that you've been set aside for special care and your church is praying for you. That's what, I, that's what that moment, I think, means. I don't know if you noticed in this passage whose responsibility it was to pray the prayer of faith. Do you remember how it was worded? You know, call the elders of the church, anoint with oil, and pray the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith in anybody's interpretation of this passage was on the elders. Now, I like that, and the reason I like that is because when someone is suffering, when someone is um, struggling, when someone is doing all they can to even get through the next day, it seems like such an act of love and generosity of kindness for God to say, why don't we let in this situation somebody else carry the burden of faith? Let's let somebody else come up around you, come up underneath you, lift your arms up, lift your face up, lift you up in victory. Why don't we let somebody else come up underneath this thing and carry the burden of this prayer of faith for you? So it was the elder's job to have the prayer of faith. So this morning, if you're sick, let us pray for you. And we're going to pray a prayer of confidence and faith over you that God will raise up the sick. He will answer the prayer of faith. Now here's the third one that Lena mentioned in uh, her soap reading. I'm just going to call it confession prayer. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now look, all sickness is not a direct result of your sin. In other words, just because you're sick doesn't mean that you've sinned somewhere and you've caused that sickness. However, there are some sicknesses that are caused by sin. Now, I don't have a chart and I don't know like which ones and all of that stuff, all right? I'm not selling anything. But... This verse indicates that some sickness is caused by sin and the only solution to that sickness is confession of sin. That somehow the work of God and the life of the believer has gotten damned up by sin. And the only way it can be released is with a confession of that sin. That there has to be... Look, I know this. I can't generate... I can't produce, I can't generate the flow of the Holy Spirit. I can't generate God's healing work, but I can stop it. I can bottle it up. I can hinder it. And that's what sin in our life can do. And so James' admonition to us then is, certainly this means if you've wounded or offended or cheated or mistreated someone, go and make it right. So maybe this morning I want to just suggest to you, you might be standing here in a moment of worship and all of a sudden it becomes clear to you that you've, you've breached that gap. You've offended, you've hurt, you've wounded. And maybe the person's not in the room. I'd encourage you to stand there and just send a text. And at least say, if nothing else, Hey, can we talk later? If it needs a face-to-face -face conversation, then, then 
send the text off before you change your mind. Say, hey, can we talk later? I, I want to get with you. I want to talk to you about something. If it's appropriate, maybe you just want to send that, hey, sorry about what I said or did or whatever. But there, there, is a, there is a, certainly it applies to this kind of sin, but there may be other sins that need to be confessed. Now, look, if you need to do that this morning, we always say use wisdom, right? We're not going to have open microphone. Not going to have you come up, everybody, you can share your soap. You're not going to, everybody's going to come and share their sin. But what you can do is you can watch the prayer team and the pastors this morning as we're, as we're praying. And if your heart is full and you say, I've got to get this right with Jesus before I leave this room, then, then you go find the prayer team person or the pastor or maybe somebody else you're in relationship with in the room that you trust and say, I want you to pray with me. I, I need to confess this and I need to get it out. And I just want you to pray with me. And let's watch God heal in the context of the body of Jesus. Now, whose responsibility is it to pray for each other in this verse? Everybody's, right? Everybody's, all believers. If you see someone praying somewhere in the room this morning, and, and maybe you know their case, maybe you know what they're struggling with, maybe you know their sickness, maybe you know then I want you to just let it be a moment of intercession for you. It's every believer's responsibility to pray. Everybody's. It's, it's your prayer, it's healing prayer, and then it's the entire body of Christ prayer to intercede. So we have uh, your prayer, healing prayer, confession prayer, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come and, and uh, prepare now. Here's the last one. Elijah's prayer. Elijah's prayer. And this might be the exact reverse of what you'd expect it to be. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. I love this phrase, probably my favorite phrase, or the most helpful, the most comforting phrase to me in all of Scripture about prayer, is Elijah was a man just like me. Elijah was a man just like you. Elijah was a, a person just like you. He had the same frailties. He had the same limitations. Man, one time Elijah was so overwhelmed, he sat under a tree and asked God to die. He was depressed. He was defeated. He was discouraged. He was frustrated. He was down. Even so, he found God's supernatural power through prayer. I want you to know there's no magic formula. Look, the truth is we all want some angle. We want some advantage. We want some shortcut. We want some sure thing. We want some uh, lucky rabbit's foot. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, uh, you can find a shortcut to most automated phone systems. Uh, that's like my pet peeve. When I go to heaven, one of the things I'm looking forward to most is I'll never have to push one for English or put in my social security number or put in my account number only to have the operator get on the phone and say, what's your account number? And I go, why am I trapped in purgatory on the phone? 32 minutes. I was on the phone last week and I automate, stuck in an automated system for one question that took one minute. 
All right, so I don't know if you know this or not. You can Google whatever it's called, shortcut, whatever, and they'll give you buttons you can push to get to a human. How many of you just felt? You felt free, right? Hallelujah, I didn't know that existed. Revival's coming. Get through the automated system. Unfortunately, we want to approach God that way. God, I want to go through the stuff. Just give me the give me the insight. Give me the deal. Give me the magic. Give me the powder. Give me the juice. And God's answer, God's answer is so simple, we trip on it trying to accumulate all the other things. His supernatural power is not in the anointing oil. Otherwise, let's just mass produce it and ship it to the world. His supernatural power is not in the elders. It's not in the evangelist. It's not in the Christian leader. It's not in the prophet. It's not in the song, the certain song we sing. It's not in the conference. It's not in a certain location that you have to travel to Mecca and get. None of those are the thing. If you want to find a place to go all in, I'll tell you where to go all in. Throw all your trinkets away and go all in on prayer. That's where you go all in. I remember um, many, many years ago, I think I was in my first year maybe of Bible college. And uh, it's a long story. I'll just tell you the point. Uh, I had an aunt, my dad, my dad's family, none of them ever been believers. And I had a, an aunt that was dying. And she was had been in a coma. She'd been non-responsive for days. And, you know, uh, they said, would you, would you go in and just have a prayer with her? Here I'm like 19 or 20, whatever it was. And I thought, wow, so intimidated by that. Yes, but I, hey, I'm called, I'll go. And I went in there and fumbled around with some kind of prayer and I don't even know what I prayed and I just prayed the best I could and to be honest with you I left and I thought that wasn't a very good prayer I wish I'd have prayed better I wish I'd have thought of something better to say maybe I could have put some ha on it or something you know it would have you know brought some energy to it it would have helped you know what happened the next day my aunt woke up from the coma and you know what she said when she woke up She doesn't remember one thing when she was out except my voice praying for her. That's the only thing she can remember. She said, that's the first thing I can remember hearing, being in a coma, was your voice coming in and praying for me. And I'd never known any of that part of my family to go to church or know God. When she recovered, she came out of that hospital. She and my uncle started attending church, and they attended church until the day she died, many years later. There's no formula. Just pray. Just pray. You don't have to work something up for God and go, wow, that's impressive. Elijah was a man just like you. And he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. He prayed again and it rained. Would you stand with me? Worship team, would you come? Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to close your eyes and we're going to worship for a minute. I want you to align yourself. Jeremy said it in prayer today. I want you to align yourself with heaven. I want you just to say, Lord, line me up. May your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
May you fill this place this morning. Come on. Would you close your eyes and begin to pray with me? Holy Spirit, come now and fill this place. Have your way in this room, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would fill this place. I pray that you would have your way. When you, when you come here, when your presence is here, it's different. Things change. Things have to change. Sickness has to leave. Healing comes and needs are met. And Lord, we depend on you this morning to do that very thing in this house today. Lord, we worship you. As the worship team begins to sing right now, come on, just lift your voice up and say, Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I bless you. I, I magnify you, God. I listen to you and I long for you and I run after you.